0: Welcome to another episode of Three Men and a War Game. I'm Paul. I remembered my name this time. And let me tell you, I've been binge-watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 so much.
1: Uh, And I'm Chops. Uh, I can tell you confidently that uh, Contrast is not magic, uh, except for Gilliman Flesh. Gilliman Flesh is actually magic.
0: That is magic in a bottle. (laughs) And uh, we are without Chris tonight. He's uh, under the weather.
1: Womp womp.
0: Yeah, I mean he must be really under the weather because like our chat was dead today. Yeah,
1: and I feel like (laughs) I feel like we've uh, we've been missing episodes because one of us has been sick or the other ones are like, you know what, we got to do some two men in a war game episodes when it happens and stick to the recording schedule. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's right because there's, there's people there's patrons that are going oh god. Yeah, are they yeah yep. <laughs>
1: They're like I, I, I contribute money right. to this you be on time right you're right be on time <laughs> record we gotta we have fiduciary responsibility uh i know the, the
0: problem is the the
1: bad things happen in Malifo. yeah right right <laughs> <laughs> bad things happen. In, and to our fucking Malifo episodes, too. Jesus, anyway. I know. I know.
0: We flip the things, a black joker uh... every
1: time we try to record one.
0: <laughs> God forbid we actually try and do deep dives on, on that. It'll be bad.
1: Hopefully, we'll get better at it.
0: Yeah, I hope so. All right, Chop, So what you been working on, Hobby Progress?
1: Uh, I have. I think I mentioned I was working on some Carnival miniatures last week, and I finished off Um, almost everything I need for Gen Con. I finished off the entire guild half of the two player starter box. So that's done. Uh, I also have a guild starter gang that has five models, three of which I'm going to paint up for Gen Con because I need, I need 125, uh, monies, ducats, ducats. I don't know how to pronounce it. doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to pretend like I have any, uh, Ye old Italian in me, so ducats, ducats, whatever money. I need 125 Monies. of those. Oh my god! I have a hundred. Yeah. So you them. need
0: 25 more gil, is what you need.
1: Yeah, 25 <laughs> gil. There we go. There's a universal, <laughs> the universal currency of nerds. 25 that's right. gil. That's, that's what I need <laughs> left, and I can go to the chocobo races confidently. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, that the gold saucer held in Indiana right. every August.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then I also, uh, have still been working on my army in a month challenge. It's been three weeks and I've done a grand total of 18 points. So I'm going to need to, it's uh, half an army. really. Yep. I'm going to need to really kick it into gear for the last week. And I think I'm just going to extend myself to five weeks. Um, cause I think I'm going to be able to do the bastards girls pretty quick. Um, so, you know, I should be able to get up to that 40 points. I think in five weeks before Gen Con, in any case, I'll have a whole full painted army. And well, cuz I think really them. we were
0: I think really we were giving ourselves kind of to the end of July as some leeway.
1: Yeah, I think I at, think and technically end of July we started I'm, I'm com- early. That's right. So end of July I will have 40 points of Bolton's completely I have I'm very confident. But basically my output right now is 12 models a week. Uh so <laughs> That's th- insane though. I know, I know. The output's gone up because of the that, that magic in a bottle. Eight, just kidding. Contrast has, been, has done a lot of work to help me get just, just good enough painted models out at about 12 a week. Um, like I, I got the eight, the eight carnival models done in two sittings. Wow. So, yeah, pretty, pretty great. Um, also, not necessarily hobby progress, but man, I've been enjoying the third season of Stranger Things. Um, Have you?
0: I, I'm I'm only uh, I'm struggling to get through the second episode at the moment. Oh
1: boy, stick with it. So here's what I'll say: I'll say that I don't know that I loved the second season. Um, I I adore the first season. Like the first yeah, season first was, season one was my, brilliant. One of my favorite things that Netflix has ever done, uh, or I, should, I mean ever ever produced. Right? They didn't really yeah. do it. They just put up some money for it or whatever. The second season right. was. Okay, like I stuck with it because I really liked the the first season, and I think the payoff was pretty great. Actually, I think sticking through it, you were rewarded, but it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. as good as the first season. I think the third season might be my favorite season. Uh, wow. Okay. Six episodes in, just finished episode six, uh, so I haven't seen the conclusion. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say if definitively it's my favorite season until I see how they wrap this thing up. But I think just due to the the nature of the kinds of movies that I like and the homages to those kinds of movies that this is paying uh, and the reliance on uh really good uh, really good blending of cg and practical effects like this season has just been really great uh, okay. Uh, okay. and there's some things that, that like I don't want to spoil or say but I think you'll come around especially if you're only on the second episode
0: yeah and i'm only about what 15 20 minutes into that itself uh, gotcha.
1: so. yeah the intensity ratchets up a lot uh to make another malifo reference and this isn't really a spoiler cuz like you can come to this inference in the first half hour but uh the first like the first half hour of the first episode i was like is this malfoy is hamlin uh, doing the damn thing here
0: right yeah I, the, you're 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 spot on with that hamlin influence
1: uh But uh, it's it's really great. I think anybody who, if you haven't started watching it already, uh, it's it's got some brilliant nods to great classic eighties horror movies, Um, and just in general, really good writing. And I've really enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Well, then, I will. Uh, my
0: hobby progress slowed down, but that part of that I think has to do with some of our top or our topic for this episode. Sure. Um, Sure. So without spoiling that, I've I've not done much. I kind of put everything in the trunk on uh, Thursday or whenever the Fourth of July was, and uh, that's <laughs> I was like slammed the trunk closed and walked away and needed the break. But I was I was gonna try and do some painting tonight before uh, we recorded, and then I realized that I had the monster bad things happen episode to edit. And so I've been procrastinating on that, and I just watched a mystery science theater, The Day the Earth Froze, and it was amazingly terrible movie. Um, <laughs> as you would expect, but it's like a weird Swedish uh, movie, and I felt it was like... I, I can't even begin to describe it. But there were some good riffs. Um, but I, I think the most the most hobby thing I did all all weekend was I went to go see Spider Man Far From Home. How was that? And uh I I you know, I, I felt like I wanted to comment on this because I've been kinda down on Marvel movies. I was unimpressed with Captain Marvel and uh Endgame was good but not great. But uh allowing for some recency bias on it i would say that it it might be um top 3 marvel films for me
1: oh shit that's high praise man
0: it's 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 one of the few it's i would say that it's the only one since avengers 2 that i walked away from going wow that was really good
1: all right I'll uh, I'll take that.
0: Which which I I'll be honest with you, shocks me because I was waiting for it to kind of be meh. Yeah, you've
1: you been know, you've end been...
0: game over and nothing great and but it was it was it shocked me at at how much I enjoyed it because it was fairly non-conventional for a Marvel movie. All right. Um which, which might be one of their biggest issues as of late, is that they kind of fell into some patterns on some things.
1: Yeah, so let me, let me um, ask you other... a follow-up question to it then, to that statement. Sure. How sure. does it make you feel like optimism toward future Marvel movies after seeing it? I'm not
0: sure. I've been kind of struggling with that because part of it's like, okay, it's Spider-Man. You know, is that why it was awesome? I mean, that um, could be part of it.
1: Let's, I mean, let's let's be real. Yeah, man is
0: and 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 let me tell you, it was quite possibly um, the mid-credit scene was quite possibly one of the best ones the they've best ever done. Scenes. Yeah. All right. Um, just because of what it implied Implicates. was coming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and how they did it and just everything about it was was perfect and, and shocking as well. Like It was like a holy shit kind of moment. That's um, awesome, though. Yeah, which is exactly what those are supposed to be, right? Even right. all the way and, back to the first Iron Man one was supposed to be like, holy shit, that's holy Nick shit. Fury.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And so that's kind of exactly how this one did. And then the post-credit scene, the one all the way at the end, was really good. And... I'm not quite sure what it's hinting at for the overall MCU. Like the mid-credits one was definitely pushing the Spider-Man story forward. And okay. the post credit scene was definitely pushing the MCU, MCU forward. forward. Yeah.
1: And I would say even that's a little bit like normal, right? Normally the halfway credit scene is something mm-hmm. that's adjacent to the movie and the after credits is like the meta one. Um, yep. So that's really cool. I like that. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think I'll probably see it soon. Uh, just yeah. Just based, you know, I I wouldn't call myself like the world's biggest Spider-Man fan, but I do. I and it, I'm gonna say that, and then I'm gonna immediately follow it up with, though recently Spider-Man has become maybe my favorite Marvel character. Um, it's just been a really good couple years for Spider-Man between the PlayStation game and Into the Spider-Verse and mm-hmm. like. And as good as like Homecoming was, right? Like it, it it's just. See, been and really... I wasn't
0: thrilled with Homecoming. I liked it. I I thought I, 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 thought I mean Mulcher it was good, was a but a it... good feeling. It was good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, but not it... great, but yeah. better, I think, than the 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 TMac uh, Spider Man movies, for sure. Well, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah,
0: I mean, there's, there, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, he Tom Holland is a is a very good Spider-Man and Peter Parker. He does that Parker. very well. Yeah, he's yeah. got he,
1: does, he he is the first person to really really fill both shoes very well.
0: Yep. Um, and I mean I and 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 I do have like one complaint on the overall of the movie, but I understand why it was, but I was kind of like, okay, come on, can we move past this? But we'll talk more about that after you've seen the movie.
1: All right, and maybe we'll do a spoiler cast Spider Man and uh, Stranger Things for the patrons after we've both watched them.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. I'm I'm all down. I'm down with that. So we've all been right. talking for quite a while about <laughs> about Stranger <laughs> Things and Spider Man. Um, so let's get on to what we what we really wanted to talk about tonight, uh, because yeah, right now it, this is very close to my heart.
1: Yeah, this is kind of <laughs> your jam. So I'm gonna let you. Uh, we're gonna basically call this one like the rant episode and we're going to give you I mean and maybe we'll have future rant episodes but we'll let you uh I'll let you take it away and introduce the topic and say what you want to say about it and then I've got some thoughts about it as well obviously
0: oh which is good um so what I wanted to bring up tonight is is something that's been bothering me and uh just wanted to get into how you handle when you just can't play well and not only when you're not playing well but when your dice are consistently screwing with you right it's and which which then compounds itself to going okay well i keep losing models so every choice i'm making must be bad but you look at it and you go well it's the dice because the dice are rolling bad but then you and know then statistics like, enough to be blame able to the go dice. but th- yeah Right, you can't blame the dice because the dice are always neutral. They don't care, and and when at this point, I think I I've for at least the past two months, maybe longer, I've won one game, and that one game I won simply because when I was playing Chris in a Song of Ice and Fire game. He completely forgot to play any objective <laughs> until <laughs> until like turn three. So I still don't feel like I won that game as much as he won. Oh yeah, yeah, this is more about killing. Yeah, exactly. And oh right, you know, I was like... supposed
1: to be scoring points. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. So I, I, you know, I I can't credit myself with that as like a strategic, brilliant win or anything like that. And I mean, to so to give you an idea of how bad this has been for me, um, the past three games of Wild West Exodus, and this is where it's gotten really frustrating because I've been losing games of Wild West Exodus pretty consistently. And part of me knows that it's because I'm somewhat neutering myself because... I feel like going into the new cards update that there's certain things that I was playing with that are too strong that I guarantee you they're going to to bring back in line. Mm-hmm. Plus they create such a negative play experience for other people. I don't want to be using them, so I don't want to crutch on them. Yep. So I feel like I'm 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 neutering myself a little bit intentionally which then I'm not I'm have, I'm struggling to figure out how to keep up with the warrior nation playstyle without having quite the same alpha attack that I've been getting used to. So, a little bit of struggle on that end and then the past couple games swear to you Kevin, every time I've rolled more than one die, I've gotten a 1. That little That's... that little spade and skull has showed up. I can roll if if I'm rolling an ROA two, I guarantee you one I'm rolling like a 10 and a 1. Yeah. One of them's definitely gonna be an ace. And if <laughs> and the other thing is that if I pass a grit check and have to re roll it for lethal or anything like that, or hell, if I fail it and re roll, that re roll is the it's fucking be one an ace. chops. It's the one. and Or sometimes I just get to the point where I just roll it on the first one and then I'm fucked anyway. I can't re-roll it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So to, to I, the last Wild West Exodus game I played, I put Raging Bear into Apache Kid, and he managed to kill Apache Kid, and Apache Kid disordered him, I think, on his uh, uh, parting blow, on his I'm about to die kind of thing uh, because I rolled a one on the save. And then Custer came up and just shot him to shit. And that was on turn one. So I just basically said, uh, you know what? I'm sorry. This has been a very frustrating time for me. I know we're on turn (laughs) one, and I still have, like, two major models to activate. But I'm hanging it up. (laughs) (laughs) but even even within that short time of that turn one my opponent noticed they kept going man you're rolling a lot of
1: what hey, dude when your opponent notices that's when it's real bad like I so oh I've had a gosh. thing with uh, with my local hench Aaron where like I've uh I, like it, this is because I'm definitely uh, a cooler uh, you could say I Okay. I, I roll with bad luck a lot, uh, and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to blame anything on bad luck. I'm you know I'm a pretty average player. I'd say my my win to loss ratio evens out over time, but there are periods where I feel you, man. And and I will say that I have an uncanny ability to fail when it's most important for me not to. So much so that I've like been <laughs> able to like with certain, especially with certain opponents that'll know this if they when they're listening. Right, i I'll, I'll be like, Aaron, you know this is a black joker, right? I'd be like no and i'll flip it <laughs> black joker like of course it is this one pivotal moment when i needed it to be any card but a black joker like a great example of that is from like a year ago like a, or maybe even two years ago at this point a while ago he's playing boo Sheamus like right after wave five comes out and mm-hmm. he comes up right next to ulex uh and and i've got every card that I need in my hand to mitigate Boo Sheamus, So I'm like, mm-hmm. alright, I'm gonna activate Ulix. And he's like, alright, terrifying check. This is turn top of turn one for me, mind you, or whatever, bottom mm-hmm. of turn one. So I'm like, alright, I'm gonna activate Ulix. Black Joker.
0: Oh, god.
1: So I can't cheat it, and I fail the willpower duel, and my summoning engine, which I need to work <laughs> on turn one for my it's entire game plan, is just shut down. Yep. So... Uh, I definitely know what that's like, and that's not like a rare occurrence for me. That's just like normal. So, like, like the more recent example, two weeks ago, playing uh, "Song of Ice and Fire," and for you who knows how tough it is to kill Bolton flayed men, mm-hmm. eleven wounds, eleven wounds on them in one turn of attacks. Turn of
0: attacks. Holy shit. That's not even your bad dice. That's like the opponent having really good dice.
1: Good dice. And me having really bad dice. Because it has to be all the hits. Yeah. And then I have to fail that many two pluses. Because they're a two plus <laughs> armor save. And then I have yeah. to spectacularly Please fail so. the six morale check. Which I did. <laughs> I, in the first round of attacks, I out? failed five <laughs> saves. I failed five saves. So I rolled five oh ones. God. And then okay. I've snake eyes to the, uh, I rolled snake eyes on the morale check. So there's nine wounds just plink off. Like one of, you on that. one of the strongest units in the game. So like, I, I got it, man. I got you that sometimes the dice gods, man, they're just not with you.
0: <laughs> can I, can I top your, uh, song of ice and fire story? Yeah, man. Okay. This was, this was a couple nights before 4th of July when, when I just gave up, um, but I was playing my, my wildlings into the Lannisters. And mm-hmm. I had the I, and I'm looking at the table and I'm going, alright, I'm down by like two points, but I can claim this objective. That horse that, that cavalry unit has two models, one's already injured. I just brought a unit of raiders on from on the table. They're gonna slam into the back. I'll have my cave dwellers hit him from the front. This will be glorious. There's nothing he can do. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> so Blasters. my cave dwellers I was able to yeah, I was able to play a swift advanced tactics card on them so they are able to turn all the way around facing this cavalry unit instead of getting hit from the back so they turn, they charge my opponent plays this crazy ass Lannister's tactics card and I, and I have to try and remember everything that it did but basically, it allowed... I think he had two of them, actually. I think because one triggered on before dice were rolled and one triggered after dice were rolled. Um, okay. But he played the one that made every one that I roll do a wound to me. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so on my initial dice roll, I rolled seven dice. I rolled two ones and, like, four hits, and the others were misses, right? Uh, Which wasn't too bad. So then I re-rolled, and three of them became ones of the four hits that I had. So they became hits on me. So then he had... So at that point, I'm taking four wounds. I mean, and my guys have a six-plus save, so they're basically dead at that point. Yep. He plays another card... That when he used the vulnerable, it did two automatic wounds to me. So now I'm taking six wounds. I had already had two or three guys from my back row gone. Yeah. Right. So sure enough, I fell every armor save. So now I'm taking six hits, which brings me down to three guys on my front row.
1: Yeah. So essentially, what happens is they he oh, I had dead- two guys played, left on my front row. Yeah, he played Deadly Repast and then Paid Mutiny are the two cards yes. that he played.
0: Yes. And Uh, so I'm down to two guys. I'm down to two guys. Maybe it was three. It might have been three. But we're sitting on a pile of bodies. So I'm minus one. So I needed a five on my morale check. Snake eyes did.
1: Oh, and that's the rest of your unit.
0: (laughs) So the rest of my unit came off the table. So you
1: lost an entire unit on your offensive charge.
0: I lost and and the sad thing is he made all his saves on the hits I did make. So he lost nothing. So you charged
1: (laughs) basically. You charged charged into a wood chipper.
0: Basically. Yes. I lost awful. It was it was bad. I lost what? There's twelve guys on a thing, so I lost nearly ten guys because I think I had only had two to three. So, I mean, somewhere between 10 and nine guys <laughs> of mine died on my fucking activation chops on my big turn where I said, I'm going to claim this objective. I'm going to claim this objective. I'm going to get back in this game and be two points from winning. All I have to do is hold these objectives.
1: Womp womp. <laughs> so, so now that we've played like, the worst game of <laughs> one-upsmanship of all time...
0: Yeah, so how do you stay motivated, motivated
1: after yeah. that kind of luck? And so I'll let you go first, unless you want me to go.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm struggling. You don't know. This. Right? It, my, my thing My thing right now is what I'm trying to do is say I can't control the dice. It's a dice game. Yep. I can't judge at this point if it's because I'm making poor decisions, or if it's just well. I can tell the you dice,
1: and I can tell you in, in that specific instance, it was the <laughs> dice.
0: Oh, that one, yes, that one. I made an absolute <laughs> wonderful decision because, like I said, after the the cave dwellers hit from the front, raiders coming back on the table, we're gonna hit them in the ass and finish off any of them. So, I mean, I yeah. had I had that perfect. Perfect. And then my, I was going to move on to another objective. It was bad.
1: It was bad. Yeah. But yeah. So and, now now you I, know and that's the challenge. How dirty it, the Lannisters are.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. They're a bunch of jerks.
1: It's <laughs> so dirty. Uh, almost <laughs> as dirty as Boltons in terms of tactics. If you can imagine, I saw somebody feel, I was like watching a battle report and somebody fielded uh, a unit of flayed men and attached the mountain that rides to it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Talk about a points commitment, but holy shit, dude. That yeah. unit was a fucking meat grinder. Um, Man, that
0: gives me a headache just thinking about it. All
1: yeah, right, so awful. what, what, what a,
0: advice do you have? What so advice, advice do you have for staying motivated?
1: Yeah, and, and, right. So for me, I do a couple of things, right? The, the first thing that I do is I look for – and this is going to seem super petty. I look for, like, the unit that I know is going to, like – Help me win the next game and piss off my opponent and start painting that model. That's like one thing that I can <laughs> okay. do is like find the most petty OP thing I can, and I'll <laughs> netlist if I have to. I'll be like, "What are people doing that's super annoying?" I just need something that can make me feel optimistic about my next game. Uh, yeah. The other thing too is that like, uh, and this is harder, right? And I think this just comes with like age and experience losing a lot. <laughs> is uh, I, like, think of my opportunities to war game m- more about uh, having fun with the person across from me and telling a story about what happened. And, like, sometimes if I lose spectacularly, like, that story I have about the Flayed Men or about Ulix like, failing a willpower check on turn one and just shutting my game down and me still grinding through that game somehow. The whole game just, like, pissed off because of my thing. <laughs> but... but it, like okay. nothing will ever beat that story Malifo for me, like until the next super blunder, right? But like that I I think the thing that I do is I look I look at those spectacular losses uh as opportunities to tell good stories. Uh yeah. and the other thing too, the other thing that I do when I when I'm in a position where I'm gonna get tilted, because this can happen, right? It happens to all of us. Like no one is impervious to tilt. Like anyone like, no one likes to lose, right? No one, like, enjoys losing. Well, I mean, weirdos maybe, but most people don't actually enjoy losing. If you enjoy losing, I'm sorry, you're not a weirdo. Just maybe it's me a little bit. Uh, but, like, the, the, the thing is, like, no one really likes it. But the thing that you can do, the thing you can do is you can do everything you can to not make your opponent feel like you're butt hurt. Like, mm-hmm. if you start to feel that tilt, the most important thing for me is, like, what is my opponent going to take away from this game aside from a win? Are they going to want to continue playing with me? Or are they going to remember that I was a crybaby and whined for the whole goddamn game about my luck? So I think usually what I do is I just like, you know what? This is just how it's going. And, like, I I tell people, like, that guy that I was playing that night, I was like, it's all right, man. I'm a professional dice cooler. If you ever need someone to roll ones, (laughs) I'm your guy. And it it, it, because it just kept happening. Like, I just kept – Every single high probability roll, like if I had a thing where there was a probability of me rolling, you know, like eight hits on 10 dice, I'd roll two. It was just like how it went for me. Uh, and like you know, it's just at the end of the day, just having a good time with your opponent, complimenting their play, uh, and not right. playing up your bad dice rolls. And then in terms of like keeping yourself motivated, the other thing you can do is like play with another person in a totally non-competitive game. Like make your next game more about the scenario play and the fun of seeing what will happen, rather than diving back into another competitive game, just so you can like get your legs back underneath you and. Like Like, even if it goes badly, there's no stakes, right? So it doesn't really matter as much. Uh, And I think for me, that's, like, the best advice I can give is, like, those two things.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, like like you said, having a good story to tell out of it. Because once you're removed from the situation, those stories that you have about how gloriously you lost a game are fun, right? Like, I mean, I'm a week removed, not even a week removed from that game game of of Lannisters versus Free Folk and I mean it's just amazing to me how my my unit was completely wiped out on my on my turn um and yeah it's it's funny but like like my thing is I don't think I've ever been in a situation where it's been this much of a slump like I feel like I can relate to every baseball player who's had like you know a month where they just can't get a hit and like it's it's that understanding that frustration of going but i'm doing what i need to do i'm 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 putting my stuff in the right or at least i think i am i'm 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 putting my models in the right position i'm making the right choices on what i'm attacking right. and and, the and, advice and, of that and no matter baseball what i play. do yeah what, what 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 is that baseball play they try to relax right
1: yeah relax <laughs> and keep swinging the bat right like right like all you can do is like is relax and just keep cracking away at it, and eventually, you know, you'll get your streak back. You'll have a couple good games, um, but like I said, as I'd a like to have a good turn
0: a... at this point, Chops.
1: <laughs> fair, that's fair. Good activation. I'm not asking for much. toy soldiers, <laughs> uh, all you can do is like keep keep racking up the models. Um, and, and I think one of the things that you and I can do, and I know this is going to be, like, one of those painful truths, is play the same game for a while. <laughs> so you can sharpen your skill set at that one game rather than, like, trying to play everything and not being very good at any of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and that was, that was one of the things when I was uh, talking to Ray after the Wild West Exodus uh, debacle, if you will. Um, he was like well how often are you playing I said well I'm getting at least a game in a week he's like that's no way to know how well you're doing you're playing too infrequently I was like but every one game a week I've been playing has been awful (laughs) in the game I played before that it was it was it was a league game and it was a ranger showboat posse into into my walks looking posse and uh, I got shot, walks looking, shot off the table, turned one before she could even move just because my luck was so bad. I could, I, I rolled a one on my uh, uh quick in the dead roll for her, and then she ended up taking <laughs> nine shots to the face.
1: And that's going to happen. But at, the, at the end of the day, though, Ray's right, man. Like, it's it's no way to know, and all you can do is keep racking up and keep playing.
0: Yeah yeah
1: it's 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 hard
0: it's hard it's it's very hard when you're going through that many games and that's and i think that's the biggest challenge um is just the pure number of games it's been or at least the feeling of of length of time that it's been where things have been just going to hell i mean uh, just just every every decision every decision i feel like is bad because bad things are happening so i don't i don't know like i i I took some time to just kind of be like, all right, I'm just putting everything away and I'm just going to breathe deep and ignore it for a few days. And Wednesday, I'll be back out playing Wild West Exodus.
1: Right. And the other thing you could do is just play more games, too. Right. Like uh, or paint more models, like rather than worrying about uh, playing, just, you know, paint the stuff that you enjoy painting. Or you know, do what I said. Find a OP model. like go buy a Firebird and uh, paint that Firebird up, so you can do <laughs> dirty things with the Firebird.
0: Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I I didn't even want to paint because I didn't even want to see my damn models. I was so mad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Butt hurt, man.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. It was just like the end of it all. It was just the absolute end of it. And and that's the that's the challenge, right? Is is getting back into it. So. I'm going to come up with a plan, right? So here's what I'm going to do. I've actually got two game nights planned this week. Okay, I've got Wild West Exodus planned on Wednesday. I've got Song of Ice and Fire, it's a demo night, but I'm going to I'm going to so I'm going to try and play a low-key, casual, fun game of that.
1: All right. And
0: my my goal for both of those nights, regardless of of what happens, is to get through the games without without rage quitting um and to just enjoy the game and right the interactions with the other player more so than the actual game itself
1: yep and that that's what you have to do man laugh at the misfortune um and just uh, not focus on uh, when the dice goes super bad for you, especially since both the games you're talking about playing are dice games, right? So,
0: Yep. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing too is that I tend to not play glass cannons. And both of the factions that I'm playing for Wild West Exodus and for <laughs> Song of Ice and Fire are glass fire. cannons. So yep. there's also probably a bit of, of mental... Getting used to oh my shit's just gonna get wiped off the board anyway no matter what I do because half of them that's their point.
1: Yep, that is true. You that is, you are indeed playing the glass cannon factions. I think. See and that and that's and
0: that's part of the other challenge too. Kev is that I want to challenge myself and play that because I think. I feel like with Wild West Exodus especially it would be very easy for me to go, you know what, I'm gonna shelve Warrior Nation for a bit and I'm just gonna play the order, you know, which traditionally fits into it. So but maybe that's the right thing to do.
1: I mean I think right? I, I can tell you like it's uh the, the the order is not a glass cannon faction.
0: Right, but you know, like I, I don't want to I don't wanna like
1: abandon what you've been working toward learning. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, that and just kind of like in general, be I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of salty to be like, hey, I was doing really well with these guys and then something changed and uh, now I'm just abandoning them. But I don't know. I guess and people the, do that all the, the time, the,
1: right? They do. But the point I'm going to make, too, about your – especially with your specific situation with Warrior Nation, this isn't necessarily general advice, but for you, you're playing – the warrior nation in a suboptimal configuration before the changes that you know are coming against pre change. So you're playing assuming how you're going to have to play after changes with opponents that aren't playing with the changes, right? Like they're playing in the current meta with the current cards and you're sort of nerfing yourself because of what you know is coming rather than just sticking with what works for you in this current version, and I understand part of it because you want to feel how those models work together. Um, but the other thing is you have to know that mm-hmm. there's a little bit of – I mean, that, that's being accounted for and retooled as things come out the other end of it. Um, right. So you might not have as bad a time uh, on the other side of it, right? Because you're – at that point, you, know, you can make the decisions that you need to make. Uh, given the fact that some of the models that you're working with now might be a little overpowered for what they do, but you're going to have different options and playing against an opponent with different options. Um, right, and so I think that's a one way to think about the Warrior Nation is rather than worrying about wins or losses, you know, worry about sound tactics, knowing that there are changes coming for everyone who's playing the game.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, that's actually actually pretty good advice there. Oh, maybe maybe I should just wait. <laughs> like part of me just wants to wait until the card updates come out, but who knows when that's gonna be, right? Um, yeah, it's
1: it's hard playing the old versions when you know the new ones are coming, right? Yep. Uh, and you know what they are, right? So that's a it's a it's tough.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's that's what you know the Malifaux community just went through for the past year and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so I mean, how do you how do you get excited for that? Which maybe maybe that's part of the problem too is just knowing that that new stuff's coming and that you know I'm intentionally frustrating myself or in, intentionally neutering myself and knowing that right, maybe so there's things so are different.
1: It- Maybe this week, play with your 108 build, right? Like, that you know works in 108. And then when you play A Song of Ice and Fire, that's when you give yourself your experience for a learning game rather than, like, purposefully playing, like, a bad army uh, in your Wild West Exodus game, right? Like, there's no reason to self-sabotage, especially if you're having a rough go of luck.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and, and... And that's, I guess that's part of all that challenge. Um, You know, the the thing is too, and then I have, uh, you know, Potter heckling me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, he's always like, told you you're playing the wrong faction. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, I know he's kidding around, but on on some level I'm going, yeah, he's right. (laughs) I'm playing the wrong faction. Yeah, I mean um, if it doesn't
1: work for you, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. But oh god. But I wanna love giants so much. But I don't think they're um, good.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're almost good, right? Yep. Um But that doesn't mean that you can't play. I, I think definitely Night's Watch are probably more of the army for your play style. Probably. Um, <laughs> or or maybe Lannisters. Starks. Or land. Yeah, I don't know any anything maybe but free folk.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I don't do that. But I'm I'm, I'm, I'm starting to the, the nice thing, though, is I'm starting to understand glass cannon factions a bit more. Um,
1: here's a here's another thing I'll say. I have a player in my Malifaux meta uh, and he started playing the boss Reeves box right after they came okay. out and I had a conversation with him while he was playing his game at the table after my game finished up. And he had this really excellent point. And he was saying, you know, I played the boss Reeves party. And the first time I played these models, I was like, crew sucks. Mm -hmm. I don't like anything that they do. Uh, I don't really understand why these synergies are good. Uh, and And he had that feeling through like the second game, the third game. And then finally, like game four, he's like, wait a second. I've been playing these wrong, and and it was like through play, right? He was like, oh, shit, I've been making a mistake based on something that he did in-game, right? He had an epiphany. And right. in the you know subsequent game six, game seven, I think that might have been his game seven or game eight, he was like, I know what they do. I know how to play them. I can play them competently now. And that might be what you're going through with the free folk, right? Like you've got like – two or three games under your belt and you're just not doing you're doing the things you would do with an army that's not the free folk but eventually through making those mistakes that you've made you're going to start making different decisions And you're going to eventually like snap onto that thing that makes them work properly. And and by all accounts, they're a finesse faction. There's no, like, there's no disagreement in any of the like Facebook group or anywhere that's talking about a a song of ice and fire. They're the skill faction right now. So there's going to be a steeper learning curve to making them work. And you're just like climbing that curve right now.
0: And, and I told you guys I told you guys after I opened the box and started looking through the tactics cards and the cards for the for the for the units, I said these guys are not going to be easy to learn. These are yeah, going to be it. the the, be. the army that you have to take some time to figure out. Yep. And yep. I'm man, getting I wish I, there. I wish
1: I, I, wish I lived in, in NC. Man, I'd be having you at my house on non game days to play because I like I have a high I have a very high desire to be good at a song of ice and fire and I just don't have <laughs> as many opportunities to play it as I would like I'm, ha- I'm gonna play it on Friday though so I'm excited to get another game oh in. good
0: we'll both be out playing that in in different parts of the world yeah. Um, but and and that's just it is I feel like I feel like I'm starting to gain some understanding of how they play how they work um, yeah and that it's very much you have, like, like the, the raid leaders, I think, are almost essential to the army because they allow another unit to activate immediately after they're done, but they have yeah. to attack the same unit that they activated, and I think that's the key. It's like a one-two punch. I think the key is, is to start getting those one-two punches, um... And I think right now, part of what I'm lacking in that is actually uh, the model variety. So I really think in order to be able to capitalize on that style of play, um, I need to shell out the money for another Free Folk starter box. But right now, that's just a challenge. Because well, I mean, 14, 14 points of Giants is just too much, I think. I, I think if you're going to bring Giants, you either need to go... All in, or you need one. If if you're gonna bring them,
1: sure, sure. You know
0: you need like like four or five or one. Um, but I mean, fourteen dropping fourteen points of giants basically gets me two more units of raiders and another unit of trappers. Which I mean, that's a that's a right, and and that's what essentially giving me another activation. But a lot more attacks, um, a lot more wounds, and that ability to throw in a few more raid leaders and get combined attacks right off the, right off the bat.
1: Yep. Well, there you go. I think we've, I think we've got yeah. how you work through your slump. And, uh, and, and that's the last piece of advice is if you're having a slump, man, just uh, go and hang out with your wargaming buddies and talk through it.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's a huge part of it, right? Is is to be able to talk about that kind of stuff, and and even if it's away from the actual game, you know. I know uh, I gotta I gotta circle back around with Ray because he he uh, was like, hey, I might have some suggestions for you on you know maybe approaching this Alpha Strike Glass Cannon thing a little bit differently than how you are, and. Uh, he asked after we packed up our wild west exodus stuff if i wanted to talk about it and i said frankly no i don't want to talk anything game for the moment um and he was he was actually very uh receptive and understanding of that so i mean i gotta give mad shout out to ray uh for being so understanding at my frustration and 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 all that stuff and not holding it against me, because we really, came all the way out, and we played basically, you know, three quarters of a turn. (laughs) Which is is so awful when you say that, but I just, I I mean, in that three quarters of a turn, I rolled so many ones. Oh my god. It was bad. I wish, I wish I had, I mean, on the upside, though, I didn't flip a single one for my activation cards, because for a while, that was all I was doing with those, was flipping one in the activation cards.
1: Yeah, I've, I've flipped five twos in a row before. That oh, God, time. that hurts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's as far as I think uh, we can push that topic.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what, though? It's, it's good. You're right because it, it, shows, it, it, it shows people that talking through it can help you uh, figure it out. Right, and give you for some sure. ideas and and, yeah. and even though some of those things are things that i've been talking or thinking about in my brain as i've been trying to understand free folk better because part of me just wanted to go wanted to to just admit that chris was right and that i should just sell these to jim and just buy night's watch um i don't want to do that i don't want to uh, uh, give in to that. I wanna, I wanna learn to play this and and kind of I mean, stretch my brain free, a little free bit.
1: Free folk, free folk box is on sale on Amazon right now.
0: I know, I know it's on sale for sixty seven, but this week it's that's just not gonna happen. It's a tough summertime. So yeah. My wife doesn't work all summer, so um, no, that's fair. Yeah, she's just, she does the teaching thing. So, uh, uh, summers suck as far as model buying.
1: <laughs> fair, fair, fair.
0: But it's, I, you know, I and I weighed the options too, right? I weighed the option of, okay, is it, will it just be better for me to to put out 30 bucks at a time or 25 bucks or whatever by the time you find a discount or just buy the $67 box? And I, I think just, by like, all accounts, just two no reason to starters buy them.
1: is the way to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you're paying, basically at that point, you're paying for three units, but you're getting four plus a Craster to sell to a Night's Watch player. Yep. So, but yeah, so I think that, that, uh, that about sums up all of that, uh, chops. Do you have, this is going to be a nice short one for everybody to listen to. That's a good thing. Um, chops, do you have any 50 minutes? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Uh, perfect for a, a day of commuting, um, chops, do you have any last minute thoughts either on what to do when you're spiraling into, uh, oblivion with your dice rolls?
1: Uh, I'd say uh, go out and uh, grab a meal with your gaming buddies and get away from the table. Also, talk, like, talk it through, right? Talk it through, and uh, and and as noted, always take the petty approach and buy that OP model.
0: <laughs> That's you're gonna you're gonna see you you're gonna start seeing me playing like you know eight freefolk greater unit type armies now. There, there you go. Um, because I also had All the else thought fails, of go to the cheese. Well, you know, I, 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 I had this realization the other night when I was trying to work through some of these problems on my own, and I started wondering if I have every unit with a raid leader, can they just daisy chain the entire turn at once? And I think the answer is yes. Gross. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's my, uh, final but, thought is that but can
1: you deploy them?
0: Can you deploy them all? Mm-hmm. Yes. In theory. Yes. <laughs> uh, but there are rules for if you can't fit all of your models on the table in your deployment. zone. um, oh, I did, I did check that. Yeah. The, the problem is, can you get all of them into a position where they can double up on things or triple up on things? That's mm-hmm. the challenge um, because you want to be able to get into a unit before they have the opportunity to, to shift and move around and, and get into a safe spot. Right. Um, so, but anyway, that might be a little more in depth for, for song advice and fire than we want to be. But that my, my advice is my final thought is talk it out. I feel so much better after talking it out. That's why people can make money being therapists and stuff like that. yeah three men and your therapy gaming therapy session (laughs) there you go that's what that's that's what we'll do from now on so um all right well so a a quick thank you to all of our patrons uh as chop said before or i guess maybe i brought it up i don't know one of us brought it up but you guys keep us honest on our timing on these episodes for the most part give or take a little bit um, so we appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, static is a city music at the top and bottom of the show. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can contact us on social media at three men in a war game. It's the number, not the words. We also have a email you can reach us at, which is three men in a war game at gmail.com. Um, and if you are, if you are the people who contact us through the, facebook group and chat with us we always appreciate that uh we love having those chats and it's funny as each one of us kind of realizes that all three of us can chat (laughs) not sure who's talking and the the hilarity of me going wait i don't remember saying that (laughs) it turns out it's chops talking um so there's always much joy in that yeah so so feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or if you have any advice for getting through slumps, something that's worked for you, let us know and we'll yeah, tell everybody sure. else. We'll we'll share your story. Um because because everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through it. Um or if you have an amazing story of getting wiped off the table on your own activation, share it. I want to hear it. Yep. I want to I want to I want to revel in in misery alongside you. We love blunders. That's right. That's right. Um, All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Next week we uh, should be back with Potter in tow and uh, all of that fun stuff. So we'll uh, catch you next week. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening. Bye.